Welcome to the Peterson's Bow Hunting Podcast. All bow hunting, all the time. Now, here's your host, Associate Editor Mark Demko. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Bow Hunting Podcast. Right now, it's the middle of May. Uh, turkey seasons are coming to an end or in full swing, depending uh, where you live in the country. But you know, when you think about uh, spring bow hunting, uh, there's another great opportunity, primarily north of the border, and that's um, black bear hunting. Now, I'm very excited. I have a very special guest today, uh, Mike Stroff of Savage Outdoors TV. Mike, how are you? Doing good. How about yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm great. Thank you so much for joining us, especially since you've been on the road and traveling and just got back today. Now, no you've done a bit of black bear hunting over the years uh, uh, with the bow and uh, uh, all over Canada. So um, tell me a, bit, a little bit about that. What, what really got you into black bear hunting? What do you love about it? Um, you know, what got me into black bear hunting was probably, you know, I, I love to pursue just about any kind of big game there is and having that spring opportunity, um, you know, cause it's kind of, everybody's got cabin fever a little bit and, you know, being able to get out and have a, you know, go on a, a good hunt in the springtime, you know, the bears are one of the best options for that. Um, and that's probably what got me to go on my first hunt. Um, and then after that, you know, just kind of fell in love with doing it because, uh, you know, it's a hunt depending on how you do it. That's pretty high success rate if you do the baited hunts, but then you got the spot and stock options and there, there's a bunch of different ways to hunt them. And I've done a lot of, uh, or kind of done it all. Um, but you know, the, I always come back to those baited hunts because you can, uh, sit there and, and if you're at a good location, see a lot of bears. I just like the action, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and absolutely. As a matter of fact, you're actually heading out over the weekend, aren't you? Yes, I'm leaving in the morning. Uh, we are headed up to uh, Saskatoon. Uh, we'll be hunting uh, north of Saskatoon about four hours um, there in Saskatchewan with Mike Grunman, uh, Saskadrenaline Outfitters. I've hunted with him a lot over the years. Uh, he's one of the better black bear places I've ever been. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you think about bear hunting, obviously there's a, you can sort of run the gamut. You talked about the different styles, obviously from spawn stalk to hunting over bait, but you can find a, um, a lot of different opportunities. Uh, when you look at Canada as a whole, there's some great uh, reasons to hunt in the Eastern part of Canada. And there's some excellent reasons to hunt in the Western part of Canada. Uh, you want to maybe touch on some of the different outfitters that you've hunted with uh, during your career and maybe what you liked about them, what was interesting about those experiences? Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, you know, I guess first I would, uh, you know, talk about Mike Grunman and Saskadrenaline Outfitters there in um, Saskatchewan. I, there's very few places I've been, and I've been to a lot of, a lot of bear camps uh, in the, on a spring hunt where you're going to see as many uh, big bears as Mike's going to show you in a week. Um, he's got a huge hunting area uh, that he, you know, does very um, – very little uh pressure you know he, this area is just massive he could have two or three times as many hunters if not more than that than what he does but it's kind of like whitetail hunting the less pressure you put on the more success you're going to have um you know and it, it it's it, he just puts on a great hunt um and that's why i go there year after year the only years i've missed that i can remember was the covid years um you know and and finally uh you know, that's all past us, or at least I hope it's all past us and uh, we can get back to being normal again and get out there and hunt some. So I'm excited to get back up there. There should be some really big bears to hunt because um, they, you know, they haven't hunted them really. You know, the, uh, 
U.S. folks or Americans haven't been across the border to hunt really in two seasons. So a lot of those bears that were big two years ago, they ought to be really big now. So I'm interested to see what what's going to happen uh, when we get up there. Uh, you know, we're a little early. I always go early on before he gets real busy with clients. And uh, uh, it's it's just a great hunt. Uh, you know, if I had to pick a, a place, that'd be you know one for sure. Um, you know, I've done a bunch of uh, uh, hunts in Quebec a, a long time ago. Um, with Claude Turcock, uh, Claude, you, you know, uh, I haven't talked to him in a long time, but not for any reason other than we just haven't gone there. Uh, but I believe Claude probably still puts on a pretty good hunt because his hunts were really good back in the day when I went there. Um, and then I've done hunts, uh, let's see, uh, well, with your, your Christian Berg there in New Brunswick, uh, we, we've, we did a bear hunt up there. He actually lined that up. Um, and I'm trying to think I'm this terrible. I'm having a brain fart. Lindsay, uh, Lindsay sporting camps. That's who it was. Um, and they, he's got a great outfit. Um, you know, especially for folks in the Northeast here in the States, that's an easy drive over there. You drive through Maine crossover, you're not going very far and they have a lot of bears. They may not be as big as some of the bears of Western Canada. Um, but man, he'll push on some bears. It's pretty good. Um, you know, so there, there's a lot of options. I've hunted bears in BC too, a long time ago. Um, yeah, in BC, that's more of a spot stock hunt because they're not baiting them over there. Um, so, you know, you can go at it a lot of different ways and there's a lot of really good bear outfitters. Um, and I know I'm leaving some guys out probably, but, you know, if you do your homework, um, you can find a good place to hunt. You just want to get in that big remote country. That's what it really comes down to. It's funny you mentioned about um, the COVID crisis and the borders being closed and, you know, a lot of those outfitters that we're talking about are sort of, let's call them mom and pop outfitters or smaller businesses. They were hit pretty hard by the pandemic, especially you think 90% probably or more of their clients may, depending where you're at, they may come from the United States. So I'm actually going up to an outfitter in Quebec in uh, uh, beginning of June. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, they said the same thing, you know, they said, uh, uh, you know, we haven't had a lot of uh, hunting pressure for the bears the past couple of years. We're expecting some bigger Bruins and, uh, you know, it, it's something that's just very exciting for, for those who have never done it before. It's all, it's a whole different experience. Uh, now you're uh, also a guide and outfitter. You have um, SOE hunts and you offer hunts uh, in Texas for whitetails. You offer hunts in Illinois and Iowa. Um, so you've been doing this a long time. When you put on your your guiding hat, if somebody's looking for a brewing hunt and they don't have a, a, a super recommendation, so they're sort of starting from scratch, even if they do the research, there's probably things you have to keep in mind about looking into and planning a bear hunt. What are some of the first things that come to your mind when you're looking into booking a hunt? Yeah. So if you're looking to book a hunt, one thing I would tell you is, you know, like you say, you do your homework and you you know, you talk to their references and you do all those things and you kind of figure out what's going on. The big thing about bears, in my opinion, especially if you want to try for a big bear is the lack of pressure. So, you know, the questions to ask would be how big is your hunting area? How many baits are you running? Cause you want to have a lot of different options and how many hunters are you going to bring in to hunt those baits during the course of that season? Um, that matters to me a whole lot more than necessarily talking to some of the references. The references are going to tell you what kind of camp they run, what kind of guy they are, uh, you know, are they ethical, are they good people? Is it somebody you'd want to spend time with? And those are all very important things. But when you get down to the hunting side, it to me is all about pressure. Because I've hunted with some black bear outfitters that just they pound the pavement, boy, they really overdo it, you know, just too many guys. And so the bears are going to be smaller and boy, they're going to be spooky around the baits. If you go to a place that doesn't have a lot of pressure and they don't take a lot of hunters, the bears are a lot uh, 
more relaxed when they come into the baits. Your success rate is going to be a lot higher and your chance for a bigger bear is going to be a lot higher. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think when you look from um, east to west across Canada, you'll find that um, your bear hunts, your brewing hunts in the eastern part of the country might be a little more affordable. But because of having to get into more remote areas and less hunting pressure as you get into Western Canada, you might find the price goes up a little bit. It's well worth the investment, though, especially if you're looking for a trophy sized bear. Then, of course, the West has the opportunity um, for color phases, different color phases, cinnamon to brown. Um, now, have you had opportunities to, to hunt all the different color phases? During your I career? have. Yeah, we, we've been lucky enough to hunt a bunch of different places. The guy I was talking about, Mike Grunman, uh, with Saskatoon Outfitters probably one in three of his bears is a color phase bear. Um, so when you're hunting up there, you got a really good chance of getting a color bear. Um, that's probably, I, that's the one place I haven't killed a color bear, but he's got a bunch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, everybody else seems to get them. I'm hoping for that one will be showing up this week when I get up there. Um, but I have killed them. Um, you know, that, that is a neat opportunity when you talk about hunting out West in Canada, um, you know, just something different. Um, you know, if you killed, yeah, you know, a couple of black bears, you know, it's cool to change it up and, and man, they are pretty. Um, and it's kind of a, it's the novelty of the, uh, of that bear and then getting a trophy size bear. That's a color phase, a whole nother level of uniqueness, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, a great experience. And, you know, as we're talking about, you know, thinking about going on a bear hunt, what you need to plan for and questions to ask the outfitters. The other thing that popped in my mind is you really have to let them know if you're coming for an archery setup. Well, most of them are equipped for archery hunters, uh, they all offer different types of opportunities. Some guys might use ground blinds versus tree stands. Some people may primarily have um, firearms hunters and don't cater as much to bow hunters. Those are important things to try and convey to them as well. Uh, I'll yeah, remember, I, sorry, about sorry. sorry. Yeah, you definitely, that's a good point you bring up. You definitely don't wanna not talk about bow hunting if you're going bow hunting, because if you go to a, a, a camp that's a gun camp, you're going to struggle bow hunting because they're just not set up right for it. Now, in my experience, most bear outfitters are set up for bow hunters because for whatever reason, hunting bears with a bow is very popular. Uh, so most of them have to be set up for archery because they have a lot of guys coming to bow hunt. And typically you're hunting them in really dark, tight timber spots. And so, you know, being close to the bait and being tight and, you know, breaking that yardage down to under 30 yards is typically fairly easy. Yeah, I had hunted one time, oh, I want to say it was 2005 with an outfitter up in Eastern Canada and uh, their clientele was primarily firearms hunters. And uh, um, I was hunting with the bow it was the last week of the season, which can be pretty, pretty good as the boars are out uh, sure. looking for mates and things like that. But uh, they had um, a gun stand up and they hunted the whole season, could never get the bear off of that bait. And he said to me, he said, you do you by chance have a climbing stand? Well, I had a climbing stand in my truck and I, I used it and I climbed along a logging road just off the bait. And it was literally the last night of the season. And that bear walked right 20 yards in front of me, right down the logging road. So it obviously had a pretty good understanding of the, the setup or the bait and where the hunters were sitting and things like that. Cause they were never able to get that bear until the, the last day. So it's, that made me think, you know, it's sometimes important. It may seem obvious to you and I, or someone who's planning a, an archery hunt, but just make sure you convey what you're looking for and, and everything as you're talking to an outfitter or a guide. Yeah. I think it's very important. Yeah. Now the other thing for people who are, for people who have been to Canada bear hunting, you know, and for people who haven't black flies and mosquitoes are like nothing you've seen anywhere else in the country. Um, you know, that's just so important. Thermocell, thermocell. <laughs> Pardon me? Thermocell, thermocell, thermocell. 
Absolutely. And and the funny thing is you can go up one week and depending how you hit it, you won't get bit at all. You can go up a week before that or a week after and literally you step out of your truck and within three minutes you're eating alive. Oh yeah. It can be pure misery if you don't have the right stuff. So, you know, taking a head net because they get bad and just get so intense because you're doing those long afternoon sits. So it's real important to be able to uh, withstand the beating, I guess. So yeah, having a head net in your pack's a good thing. Having a thermocell with lots of refills, good thing. Even if you can't fly with the butane, you know, into Canada, buy it when you get there. Trust me, it is worth its weight in gold. I've had guys in camp, but they they would have paid a thousand dollars from a thermocell. <laughs> you know, if they're bad, they're bad. So you got to have it, um, and just uh, prepare for that because, like you say, from one week to the next, it can be really bad, and then they're not there at all. Um, looking at the temperatures, what I'm going to deal with next week on my hunt, it doesn't look warm enough. So I, I think it probably won't have much for bugs, but boy, as soon as it warms up, they'll be out like crazy. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to ask you when you said you're going um, uh, to Northern Saskatchewan, what, uh, what are you looking for as far as temperatures? What do you think it's going to be like as far as the highs? and Looking lows? at the extended weather today, it looks like it's going to be uh, mid thirties at night and in the fifties during the day. So, you know, pretty cool weather. Well, I hope you have a lot of success when you go up. And like you said, it should be a great experience. But uh, yeah, you know, it's 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 funny when you think about uh, uh, bear hunting. Um, it's amazing how quiet they can be when they move through the forest. For somebody who's never been, I mean, it's just like all of a sudden they're just bear right in front of you. Yeah, if a bear doesn't want to be seen or heard, he's not. Um, you know, for a big animal like that, you would think they'd make a lot more noise than they do. If he doesn't want to be heard, he doesn't. Typically when you hear a black bear come to a bait, it's because he did that on purpose. Like they don't make noise walking through the woods. You know, if he snaps a big branch or it's almost like they're trying to get something to react or check and see if there's anything else at the bait or a dominant boar's doing it on purpose to let everybody know he's walking in. You know, they 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 don't make a lot. If they want to sneak in, a lot of, like you say, you look down, they're just standing there. It's like, where did he come from? And first time, I never mind embarrassing myself. First time I ever went on a Canadian uh, bear hunt. Um barrel i'm sitting there and it's quiet and i see this head come out and then it disappeared and i thought to myself okay what did i do did he smell me did i do something wrong well 15 minutes later he came out just behind the bait and it's like they're so cautious and they really have a great understanding of their surroundings and things like that it's it's amazing how they move through the forest and you you know you see them and they disappear and then they show up just a couple minutes later in a different spot so uh incredible experience now um you know um What's your favorite memory of bear hunting since you've been been bear hunting so many times in Canada? Is there something that jumps out at you? Um, well, we were sitting there. Uh, we, we had been running trail cameras and we knew a particular bear was coming to this bait. And he, he was a big black bear with a white patch on his chest. And so we had sat it a couple of times. He didn't show. But if we weren't there, he, he would come. So we felt like, you know, he knew something was up. So like what you were talking about on the logging road, we adjusted it, left the stand hung and just hung a different stand to try to, because we really didn't know where he was coming from. So we're like, he must be winding this because we haven't seen him at all. He hasn't come in and spooked away. or So we made, we changed our setup and I heard something behind me and I turned around and there was a sow with two cubs there and both cubs spooked and ran up the tree that we were sitting in and literally came up and they were, they weren't on the platform, but they might as well have been. I mean, I could, re I could reach down and smack them in my hand. They're right there. Then the mom realizes we're there. And so she's popping her teeth and getting all upset. And then when I looked down at the bait, that big boar we've been looking for was standing there. That's why the cubs ran up the tree was because he spooked them up the tree and we didn't even see him coming in because we were watching them. 
we ended up getting him. Uh, but you know, we were sitting here going, Hey, check this out, film these bears in the tree. And we looked down and he's sitting there looking at me, you know, he, he was there and he, uh, he had ran them up the tree. It's funny you bring that up. I had the same experience in uh, New Brunswick uh, back in the late 90s. Uh, I had uh, three cubs and a, a mom come out and uh, the cubs went up a tree next to me. And um, I was going to get down as it was getting dark and she started doing the same thing. And I, I thought I heard her growling or whatever at the bottom of a tree. And if you never had that, it's a little unnerving if you're not familiar. I mean, you, you're safe, but I, I stayed there towards pitch black. The, the guide walked in to get me and he's I'm hearing impaired. That's part of an important part of the story there. And he's trying to say something to me and I'm up in the tree and I can't understand what he's saying. So finally he just says really loud. He goes, I think there's a bear still at debate. And I'm like, no crap. But it was like, for the first time that happened to me, I'm like, the cubs are up the tree next to me and the mom's at the base. And I'm like, geez. But anyway, it ended up being a, uh, something I'll remember the rest of my life. So uh, it was an exciting experience, a little hairy, I would say. Um, so, uh, it, but, but it's just one of those things that makes those trips so special. So, you know, it was, um, just something that has just stuck with me all these years. Now let's let's switch gears a little bit. So obviously, you know, with bow hunting, um, most guys are set up for using uh, what they use for deer season or maybe turkeys. But now, as far as you're concerned, do you do anything special with your setup, with your broadheads, with your arrows as you're preparing to go on a, a Canadian bear hunt? Um, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't change my setup for black bear a lot from my whitetail setup. Um, you know, black bears are fairly thin skinned. They're not hard to blow through. As long as you don't hit the shoulder blade, you want to stay away yeah. from the shoulder. But, you know, you can blow through them pretty easy. Um, you know, I do have some guys that I hunt with that uh, I'm a fixed blade guy. I've always been, no matter what I'm hunting, I like to cut on impact. I want to blow through it and I want to get an exit hole. So I've always been a cut on contact fixed blade guy. But if you're going to shoot expandables or mechanicals, Black bears are, uh, you know, I don't disagree with that. I guess on the black bears, as thin as their hide is getting that giant hole because their hair is so long yeah. and they got all that fat. Even when they're bleeding like crazy, it's got to run through all that long hair before it ever drips on the ground, unless they're rubbing up against something. So sometimes the blood trails can be a little bit difficult or the fat will clog up the hole. And then you got to deal with the blood getting through all that thick hair and then dripping on the ground. And if you get that, you know, mechanical head and blow through with a big giant cut that some of them have, you just, you get a little better blood trail out of it. Again, avoid that shoulder, but um, yeah, that, that'd be one thing different that I might do because I'm so fixed blade set on whitetails and elk and moose and all the other stuff that, you know, on the uh, uh, bears, you know, that's something you can think about. You know, I'm, I'm a 30 inch draw guy, you know, shooting 70 pounds. So I've, I've got a lot of power stroke in my setup anyway, so I don't feel like I've got to get heavier or change anything uh, going from whitetail or whatever I'm hunting to bear. Uh, but, you know, some guys might look at it differently just based on their draw length and what kind of speed they're shooting and, you know, what kind of kinetic energy they have to make sure. Because I, you, know, you shouldn't have tree sand, that hole in the bottom third of the animals where you get all your blood from. So, you know, you want to pour it out the bottom. So getting that exit is super, super important. So you want to think that through, have enough kinetic energy in your setup to where you, you, unless you, you punch a big bone or something, you're going to blow through them every time. Yeah. Now you mentioned hunting from tree stands. Have you ever done a, a ground blind hunt in all your years of going up there for bears? Oh yeah. Yep. For sure. A lot of times you just got to modify because there's not a good tree or, or the tree stands not working and it, you try something from the ground or the wind's wrong for the tree stand and you got to brush in, you know, I always tell guys, if something's new, those bears know those baits. They come in there so much. They know their surroundings. They know what's around. Um, 
that if something new is there, you really got to be cautious. But once they get into the bait and you let them relax a little bit, then you kind of own them. Uh, so, you know, getting anxious or jumping the gun sometimes is a mistake. If they're coming and they're being cautious, just let them come on in, let them get there. And if they start to eat, then you probably own them unless you do something crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, it's just an incredible experience. And, you know, uh, when I, when I was uh, hunting up in Quebec one time, um, you know, going back to that bear coming down the, the logging road, it, it was funny. I, I, I never heard it, but I saw it and I climbed up in the tree, um, but I was right off the side of the road. It was really, there was a drainage ditch right there. So I wasn't actually that high off the ground, but to the drainage ditch, I was really high. The bear walked and it turned and it looked right at me. And I thought, man, why or how? And it reached up and it swiped a donut out of that tree. And it quick, I never knew that somebody hung a donut on the limb of a tree. And then it dropped and went down and went into the bay. So it's it's like uh, when you're doing this, it's just how aware they are of their senses and that keen sense of smell and what's around them and things like that. But uh, uh, what's a weird curveball question here, but what's the most interesting or the weirdest thing you've ever seen anybody use for a bait on a bear bait? You ever see anything that you went, hmm? Um, I've seen a lot of different things used for sure. Uh, the guy in, uh, Mike Grunman there in, uh, at Saskatoon Outfitters, he's got a concrete mixer that he starts pouring his concoction into while it's spinning and he mixes it all up. So he's got, you know, some sweets, you know, whatever he's getting for bait that year, he uses a lot of grain and then he'll pour molasses in there and he just keeps mixing this concoction up and just lets that concrete mixer mix it and then he puts it in totes and takes it out to the baits um you know a lot of guys will tack a beaver up uh you know beavers will be that the caster smell in the beaver um especially on the boars they really like to hit baits where you know they'll come they'll walk right past the sweets and grab that beaver if you stake him to a tree so you know in that part of the world there's beaver in every creek every slough every river there's no shortage of beaver and so if they can kill a few beaver and and where it's legal to do so uh and put a put one at the bait and you tack it up high where only the big bears can get a hold of it. Uh, and the, you'll, the, you'll be surprised how many uh, I've seen that the boars in a lot of cases, they want a little bit of meat. Yeah. They like the sweets, but they want a little bit of meat there too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I've seen it run the gamut from donuts and bread to meat and uh, everything else. Um, I had a, we, I had a guy in Maine that, uh, an outfitter up there that they used to get from an M&M factory, the surplus or outdated M&Ms. And that was their, they, they would mix that in and they had tractor trailer load of M&Ms, you know, so there's all, there's all kinds of baits that you can get. That's phenomenal. Um, you have to wonder if they had a color preference as far as the M&Ms, but that's the first time I've ever heard of like candy out on the bait. I, I think the guides would walk around eating the bait as they baited it all day. You know, I, I think that they probably got their fill of their sugar high all day long, walking around eating expired M&Ms. Now we've talked a lot about baited bear hunts. Have you ever done the spot and stalk route, whether in the Western U S or up in Canada and the Western part? I, I have. I, I, in fact, I've done a, a fair amount of spot and stalk in Alaska. Uh, I've done a bunch of that. And then in British Columbia, the first bear hunt I actually ever did, I was 16 years old. My dad took me to British Columbia uh, for my 16th birthday present. And we did a spot stock hunt and I killed a bear up there. Um, you know, that's a totally different experience. You do a lot of glassing. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like hunting brown bears or grizzlies in Alaska or black bear. It doesn't matter. You know, 
you, you know, areas that bears are going to frequent, you know, areas that, you know, pinch points or travel corridors and you got to get a good vantage point and just spend the time glassing eventually a bear will show. Um, you don't do a lot of running around necessarily, you know, so it's, it's a lot of glassing. Um, and, but it's cool because, you know, they're out doing their natural thing. They're not coming to a bait. Um, you're just catching them in their element and then trying to, you know, put a move on them if you can. And I'm imagining at times that's going to be pretty challenging depending on the wind conditions, the weather conditions, um, trying to get close enough to get a shot. Well, you better get the wind right. Bears have got great noses. They live and die by their nose. And if they get your wind, game over. Uh, so, you know, when you're doing those stalking hunts, you got to plan your stock around what that wind's doing for dang sure. Yeah. I mean, and you can't stress that enough, no matter when you're hunting for bears, just, you have to make sure uh, that you stay out of their the scent because they'll, you'll, they'll be gone in a flash. So, or you never see them, you know, when they're coming That's to a bait, you know, the wind's wrong and you just don't know it. Like I was talking about that one bear when the, the cubs and the sow came in. I mean, I think what was happening was he, wherever direction he was coming from, he was getting our wind, never saw us or heard us and he just wouldn't come in. Um, you, you don't even know that, you know, cause they just don't show up, um, you know, cause they're pretty sharp. Yeah. It was the same thing with that one I was talking about where, where the bear wouldn't come into the bait the whole season and they had a shooting house about 80 yards away. And it wasn't until I took that tree stand and climbed uh, outside of the area where they'd been hunting. The, it just, it was, it was, a, it was so coincidental, but it's what ended up working out on that, that hunt. Um, now, have you ever had a situation where maybe, um, no matter what you did, you just didn't seem to have any luck that week, but it all came together at the very end. Um, yeah, I'm sure we probably have had some hunts that drug on, but be honest with you, the, the recent memory black bear hunts that I've got, you know, we, we've been real lucky and got them the first couple of days, but again, I'm hunting places again, when we were talking about earlier about pressure and yeah. big areas and enough baits to have the options. You know, if you go hunt a, like with Mike, he, he may have tw- 20 baits out but he's only gonna take 10 hunters and these baits are 20 30 miles separated some of them you're you're totally different bears you can you can he's running cameras all of them you kind of pick and choose okay this bait's got a big bear this bait's got a big bear this one's more consistent let's go get him you know and so you'll go give it a couple days and typically you know if you do it right and the wind's right and you're playing playing your cards out right they'll show um you know and so we've been real lucky and i haven't had to push them too far now i've done some uh brown bear hunts and grizzly hunts that we pushed it and had to hunt 10, 12 days and bust our tail and, and uh, didn't get them. Uh, so, you know, it just depends on what you're doing. And, and that could easily happen to us next week. It's, it's all hunt. Yeah. And that's a whole different ball game. Now, if you, if you had to estimate, how many times do you think you've been black bear hunting during your hunting career? I've gone every year since uh, probably 2003, I've done at least one black bear hunt. And is there there a spot or a location or a province that's still on your wish list or your bucket list that you're like, "Ah, I have to get there at some point? Well, honestly, I've been lucky enough to hunt all the areas I wanted to hunt in Canada. Um, If I had to pick my top one, I I really like hunting that, uh, uh, you know, with Saskadrillon Outfitters up there. uh, That's about as good as it's going to get, you know, and then. I guess if I had to rank my second option, it probably wouldn't be in Canada. I'd probably go to Alaska and hunt some of those coastal black bears are pretty big over there too. But I, I've got where I, I don't have to kill one. I like chasing those big guys around and, you know, just uh, trying to uh, focus in and try to find one of them. And if we don't get one, we don't get one, you know, it's just the way it goes. 
What's the biggest bear you've taken during your career? You know, black bear. Yeah. Uh, I killed a seven foot three, uh, bear up there. Um, and that's the biggest, you know, square bear that I've shot. Wow. Incredible. Um, you know, I think, uh, when you think about bear hunting, there's so many reasons that, you know, we're talking about all the excitement, but if you do your homework, you can find a really good quality hunt. Oh yeah. And affordable. When you look at compared to some of the other, especially like Western hunts and Alaska hunts, black bear hunting is pretty affordable, especially if you're going to drive in um, or, or you can drive in as opposed to having to flying in and things like that. But uh, um, if you were going to suggest to a person why they should try a black bear hunt at some point in Canada, what would you tell them? If you've never done it before and you want that uh, uh, new experience, because you know we're not buying hunts or animals, we're buying the experience. If you want that cool experience, um, you know those baited hunts are really neat because you can see if it's a good location, a lot of bears. You can uh, see them in their environment. You can see them interact. I, I think that's probably one of the most fun parts of the hunt for me is watching the bear, especially on the spring hunt where they're, the boars are coming and checking sows and trying to find a girlfriend. Watching them interact is a hell of a lot of fun. Um, and you know, a lot of sits, we don't kill one and come in and go, man, that was cool. You see, you know, two boars came in there and ran her all over the place. And then she fought back. She didn't, wasn't interested or whatever, you know, and, uh, those interactions and the sounds that black bears make, a lot of people don't realize how vocal they are. They make a lot of different noises. Um, and that's pretty cool to be able to watch that at 25 yards. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, one other thing we probably should touch on is, you know, people think like you said, when we started a uh, spring bear hunt great opportunity to extend your hunting season. It's one of the few things you can actually hunt in the spring and early summer. Uh, if you're a bow hunter, um, some of the provinces also offer a fall bear hunt. You know, there's a couple pluses to that. One of them being that the bear is bigger. Uh, bears have a chance to put on some weight and things like that. But, uh, if you're looking, a lot of the provinces do offer hunts that are end of August, September and things like that. Yep. They sure do. So, well, um, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, was thrilling to have you on the program. I've talked on the phone uh, a couple times, but we never had a chance to see each other face to face. Wish you luck when you head up to Canada this coming week. Hope you have a great experience. And uh, for everybody who's tuning into the Bow Hunting Podcast, if you're looking for something that you can do as far as extending your bow hunting season, uh, an incredible experience. Uh, as you said, you see some beautiful remote country. Check out a Canadian black bear hunt. Thanks for joining us on the Bow Hunting Podcast. Appreciate you having me. Thanks for downloading the Peterson's Bow Hunting Podcast. All bow hunting, all the time. Pick up the latest issue of Peterson's Bow Hunting Magazine on your local newsstand or connect with us online at bowhuntingmag.com.